welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. I'm Jasmine Haley, healthcare provider turned educator, entrepreneur, and startup strategist. Not too long ago, I was burnt out, overwhelmed, depressed, and full of fear from a toxic work environment. I created my business out of necessity to create a legacy I can be proud of today. It helps me transform the lives of women every single day to pursue their dreams and entrepreneurial goals. I created this podcast to share the empowering stories of entrepreneurial women, help you break through self-doubt to your greatness, and share business strategies to help you create a thriving and profitable business. If you are an emerging entrepreneur or business owner that wants to create the mindset needed to escape burnout, reclaim your personal power, and pursue your entrepreneurial dreams, this podcast is for you. Stay tuned and listen in. Hey, this is your host, Jasmine Haley, for the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast, and our guest for this episode is Nikita Thickpin. She's regarded as the number one balance and relationship advisor in the world. She is the CEO of Thick Pro Balance and Relationship Management Institute, a global personal development company headquartered in Philadelphia, PA, that's reviving the industry. She is an international best-selling author in seven categories and over a dozen hot new releases on Amazon for her recently published survivor memoir entitled Selfish, Permission to Pause, Live, Love, and Laugh Your Way to Joy. Ignited to activate others, Nikita's author of the personal transformation book that we just mentioned. She's a podcast host, a sought-after keynote speaker, wife, mother, and G-Bunny grandmother, who's been featured on the Lifestyle Channel and recipient of the NAACP Award as one of the 101 top influencers in Philadelphia, along with other notable awards and appearances. She's also my first business coach and my mentor. Welcome, Nikita, to the show. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited and thrilled to be here for so many layered reasons, but I'm going to shut up now. Listen, I cannot wait for you to bless these listeners. Um, You've blessed my life in so many ways. And people already know that I'll go on and on and never stop. And that's just what that's just who I am. Okay, (laughs) I'm totally heart centered. And so I want to dive into your entrepreneurial journey, because I think um, once the listeners get a chance to grab this book, they need to grab this book selfish. You have to read this book because I feel honestly feel that the female experience with entrepreneurship is so different from my male counterparts. And we struggle with very similar um, challenges that only we can understand. Yeah. And so I really want to dive in deep on what your entrepreneurial journey has been like. What made you go into the realm of um, owning a business, especially since you are a healthcare sort of healthcare provider. You're like one mm-hmm. of those key, key, um, not a sort of, but it's just a different aspect yeah. um, of healthcare. So share with us, how did you get into entrepreneurship? Child, we ain't got enough time. <laughs> so let me, get, let me, let me give you the succinct version. Um, <laughs> um, so Jasmine knows, and some of you who have been following Jasmine for a while may also have heard or, or come across, um, one of the platforms, because I've definitely interviewed this brilliant maven on so many levels as well on our Balance Bully podcast. So you may have heard already that I'm a licensed clinical social worker by background. 
trauma-informed care was my specialty for over 20 years, um, kind of the rooted foundation of my expertise. And within that, I just wanted to understand people more. So I went from being a psychotherapist who just wanted to help people survive, period. I just wanted them to survive the post-traumatic stress, the anxiety, the horrible relationships, the intimate partner violence, whatever it is, the grief and loss of losing their children, because I worked at CHOP for almost 10 years. Whatever that was that they were just trying to maneuver through, um, I know we're all dealing with a new normal noun with, you know, the stuff that's going on with COVID-19. And there was a constant new normal that was being created in people's lives, especially in my days in the hospital and as director of outcomes and behavioral health um, for support center uh, and child advocates, because people were not only dealing with sexual assault, um, physical assault, domestic violence, emotional violence, and all those different things. And and the stuff that that would kind of come up from their childhood that would creep into their noun, into their reality. But if they were coming in with a healthy child and leaving without a child um, or leaving without their child being who he or she was when they came in the door, because now they're in the hospital for six to nine months, intensive care, whatever the case was, their new normal was completely shifted in so many ways, financially, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all of it. Uh, So the root of what I did was just really understanding how I could support people through what shouldn't have to be. That was my life um, story, including my own, right? Right, Being the first partaker of that truth is partially like what sent me to school to understand psychology, sociology, anthropology, social work, you know, clinical behaviors, all that kind of good stuff um, along the way, because my certification list is ridiculously long. Um, Um, and partially because education was my hiding place, right? Like I'm a nerd for life and I'm really unapologetic yes. about it. I love it, right? Like one academic to another and in parentheses, and I'm a creative, an innovator and an activator. And education was only one aspect of that for me. So there was this longing, this pulling that I was feeling all through my years of like, well, how do I get to that other side of myself, that creative side, that side that can you know, break limitations and break the box that being an academic and a clinician and a psychotherapist kind of puts you in. And I, I kind of created those walls myself too, right? Like when I went for my master's degree, I said, oh, well, obviously a, a road to entrepreneurship will be to open up my own clinical practice. Um, but I realized that that's not my style. I didn't want to have a beautiful, you know, well-decorated office with a couch for somebody to lay on person after person, hour after hour, and that be my story. I wanted to be able to help individuals and families and couples in all areas of their life. So I got introduced to the coaching world, specifically breakthrough success coaching and understanding that part of the challenge that they were having along their road was how it impacted their finances, how those finances impacted their ideal of who they were as people, as humans, as providers, as supporters, um, as potential innovators and creators themselves. And to be quite frank and open, because most of your listeners, I'm hoping, are over 18, it was impacting their sex life, which when you think about it from a continuum was also the space that I came from from trauma is trying to help them see that they could be loving, passionate humans and not have to see themselves as less than or whorish or anything because of whatever that narrative was that they were fed when they were being assaulted or victimized in any kind of way. Because we, we lose that. Speaking for myself personally, you start to question well, why am I, you know, such a sexual being, an animal like this that doesn't make me horrible because you hear stories of what it should look like if someone was assaulted before and what they shouldn't do. Meanwhile, I'm turning all the way up. 
in my bedroom, <laughs> like all the way, all the way. <laughs> and, you know, praise God, my husband's been with me since we were young. So he he understood the story and the go through and all of that. So I didn't have to explain much to him um, and I didn't have to feel judged. But there was an inner dialogue for me that I know was also happening for clients that I would come across that was like, oh, you know, like, doesn't that mean that you're going to, you know, cheat or be promiscuous or, or be this other person if you're or like that? Because you should be in a shell. And I'm like, no, I'm a beast in the boardroom and I'm a beast in the bedroom and I shouldn't have to apologize for that. Um, so I became certified as a sex therapist and, you know, all those other certifica- certifications kind of just added on to me wanting to understand me, quite frankly as well as other people, like, you know, I wanted to help other people, but it was really like, what's going on? You know, why do you, why do you question your energy and your confidence around certain things that you know, you know better, your, your nerve brain knows better, but your heart, there was a disconnect, disconnected feeling between your heart and your brain and your emotional center. And don't throw religion into the mix. That's a whole other, you know, element of, if that's part of the, the narrative and the story for you too. So my role to entrepreneurship was really me wanting to help in a broader, bigger, outside of the box way. And I didn't want to just, you know, think outside of the box. I really wanted to break it. I truly wanted to break the box for myself as well as for others. Um, and it, that journey was really messy. Which is why I said, "Child, we ain't got enough time." <laughs> it, it was super messy because I I'm an all or nothing type of woman, and it it takes me a minute to see how far I want to go. And once I see it, you cannot hold me back. It doesn't matter how many daggers you say are going to be thrown my way, or how many glass filled potholes you say I'm going to run into. Once I see it, that's it. And I saw it. And I just kind of ignored, you know, all logic for how I was going to end up getting there. And it was messy and clumsy. And we lost a lot of money in the beginning. And I didn't have the right advisors and guidance as an entrepreneur. Um, You know, it was talking to people who were more big business, you know, dealing with, you know, brick and mortar. And that's not necessarily what I needed to do. So I made a lot of mistakes um, to fail forward which I know was from one of those good books that's out there. Um, and, you know, I landed, and here we are, nine years later, a global personal development company. And I'm so grateful and so honored and so humbled by the fact that I got here without losing myself. And at the same time, evolving and growing and being able to appreciate this space that I'm in right now. Yes. You know, when you when I think about how long I've known you for the few years that I've known you, Um, immediately I think of bravery and courage because I've seen just in that short period of time ways in which you've evolved, but you've always stayed true to the core of, of who you are. And that takes a measure of courage because one of the things I find, especially for my clients, they, it's hard for them, just even me making the decision to say, I'm going to make a brand pivot. I'm going to be serving you all differently. And then watching the hundreds of people dropping off my email list and still being okay with like, okay, everything's going to work out. I know this is the right space for me to be in. I feel happier. I feel like I am fulfilling my purpose. Um, But you have to have like real true sense of self 
in that instance. So for you, Nikita, when you decided to make that transition, because I think this is important for our listeners to go from a social worker mm-hmm. to a business owner. Yeah. What were some of the steps that you think were really critical for you to make that transition? Yeah, that's a, that's a perfect question. Thank you for that. And let me say that to <laughs> that example that you use so boldly with watching people drop off the, the list, because I definitely was one of those people in the beginning that would look at, um, I think we use MailChimp in the beginning. We use Active Campaign now just because it just has a few more tags, which options for us, but both are, are totally okay, especially if you're in the beginning of your, your stages. And I would go in and say, what? She unsubscribed? First of all, I was just talking to you know. Like I was having this whole dialogue, like, oh no, she didn't. And I know them. <laughs> and I know them. Exactly. That heifer did what? <laughs> exactly. Like I just, we was just at lunch yesterday. For real. Right. For real. Um, or we got one coming up, which was even worse. Like, oh, you going to do it before I see you? You bold. You bold. Um, but when I would see that in the beginning, because there was this rejection, right? Like when you're an entrepreneur, it is literally them rejecting your business and you. The two are not separate. But when I worked at CHOP or Support Center uh, for Child Advocates or any of the thousand places that I worked at in my pre-entrepreneur days, when I worked there, it was like, oh, yeah, you got problems with CHOP. Child, I understand. You know, right? Like, I wouldn't necessarily have a conversation with them over all the bad things, but I didn't take it personal. It was them talking about that organization. That disconnect was really clear because I just, I'm a part of it. I work within it. And I know that I control how good of a job that I do with respect to whatever role I play. So now you're talking about FigPro. Hold on, wait a minute. This is my baby. I pushed this baby out. So when I sent that newsletter out with, you know, content within the context of whatever it was that I was talking about that week to, you know, balance your relationship or your love life or your business, whatever it was I was talking about that week, and you decided to unsubscribe, you unsubscribe from me. That's how I took it. Like, oh, so you, oh, you want to cancel that lunch we got next week then? Okay. I'm like, I would... <laughs> I literally, especially in the early years, I I really took it personal and it was hard for me to do that, um, for me to not do it, quite frankly. And so I honestly, I got some coaching around it on how to separate because you will have people who will shade you along the way, right? Like there, it, it has nothing to do with whether or not they liked or didn't like the newsletter. They just don't want to give you more applause by participating in any way. And that, but that's like 0.0001% of the people who are in your email list. Those are probably the same people who joined the email list because they were waiting to see you fall and fail. And now that they see you getting, you know, whatever it is that you're promoting that week, you're giving better tips, you're sharing, you know, more in-depth story and context is more heartfelt. Maybe you even shared you got an award or you started a new podcast, whatever it is. Oh, they're like, oh, you're not going in a failure way? Because mm. this is what I was watching. I was waiting to watch you fall. Now that I see that you're climbing, I don't need to be here anymore. So they disengage. So those people were waiting, you know, on the sidelines, just like looking for you to trip and fall when you were running that race regardless. So once I started to be able to separate that, I stopped putting myself in a space of rejection. And I started looking at that bill. That gives you some context. Yes, honey. Right? Like, look at that monthly bill because it makes for all the new entrepreneurs that are listening to this, it makes a difference when you go from 500 or 2,000, depending on your package and your plan, to 2,001. As soon as you hit that one person over, your plan jumps from 39.99 to 99.99 or whatever the case is. So when they started unsubscribing, I said, thank you. 
let you just made room for the right people to get in for the right person to be nurtured by whatever, you know, element of truth that I'm bringing or tips and techniques, tools, whatever it is, so that not only will they get that and I'll be able to help more people in this tribe or community that I'm creating, but that one person that just joined in down to those hundred stepped out, well, they probably just, you know, over over time, right, because you want to nurture people, but within a couple of months or so, they might have joined a program or package I had that paid for that subscription five times over. So thank you. So I literally started saying thank you when I saw people unsubscribe and then I stopped watching. It was just, you know, I'll go in quarterly to make sure we clean up the list and make sure we're not sending anybody anything that they don't want and, you know, tagging and segmenting and that kind of thing. But to answer your question of like, what were those steps? I did it the wrong way. So I wouldn't suggest people do it the way that I did it. The way that I did it, because I was extremely emotional and I was kind of Put, I was pulled by my vision, but I was pushed into jumping into it really early when I had two doctors um, basically tell me they thought I had breast cancer and I needed to get a mammogram. So I walked out of my second appointment on the same day and told my husband, like, so I'm giving my six weeks notice on Monday. So don't don't do that. I wouldn't encourage you <laughs> to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I really looked at life like, listen, if this is how it's going down, it's not going to be going down working at a place that I don't feel appreciated, that I could do in my sleep with my eyes closed and I'm not being challenged because I am genetically coded to do things that are more challenging and to, to do them successfully. So I was like, I can't, you know, be in this mundane mediocre relationship at work. Um, You know, it's boring. I would go walk to my car a mile and a half for lunch just to sit away from the people and come back. And the people were fine. It was the work. And I I felt such a a non-congruent relationship with it. So don't do it that way. The way that I was, and I I lost $100,000 in the first six months because of that, by the way. I jumped in. Mm completely not prepared the way I needed to be prepared. My nerd self kicked in. I, I, I went to the small business association. I went to Wharton for them to review my 68 page business plan. I did role plays for pitching and negotiation. I did all of that stuff the right way for a small business that, you know, I opened a six office, 1500 square feet, three year commercial commitment for an office space that I did not need. Like when I tell you I did it the wrong way, I totally did it the wrong way. Lost a lot of money, avoided a couple lawsuits because of getting out of that lease, like, you know, all of that stuff. And it definitely damaged my relationship. My husband and I had to repair from that because when I get gung ho, I get gung ho. So I look at him like you can get rolled over if you want to, or you can, you know, get out of the way. And because he loves me enough to support me, he was like, I'm a step on the side, but I'm also going to let you know that this is wrong and it's something, something ain't right with this. And we're going to have to, you know, look at how this is affecting us. So we had a lot of cleanup to do from that. Doing it the better way was when I hired my, fo- my first coach. Um, I went to a VIP day of 10 other people. That was my first experience. So it wasn't a one-on-one experience. Um, I really appreciated the small group, the intimacy of it, um, being honest. And it was a marketing uh, coach, actually, who was spiritually grounded, which is what I needed. And I didn't know it, but it, it was what I needed. And in this kind of brand I don't know, workshop activity that she gave us. She walked over to me, looked at my paper. And I guess I had, I remember being something like, you know, what does your brand represent? You know, uh, what do you feel like are in alignment with you? And what are your skills? Like we kind of had to map everything out. She looked at it for about 2.2 seconds and said, "Mm -mm, you doing staffing? That's not what you need to be doing. You're a coach and a consultant. You need to flip that around. 
And I looked at her in my pure ignorance and said, I just spent $65,000 getting this together. What we won't be doing is changing this around. I, <laughs> ignorant, just pure ignorant, because I didn't know any better. <laughs> now, here I am paying to be here to get some help, and I'm refusing it because I wasn't ready to receive it. And so, you know, I would say that as well, like be mindful of what you're asking for, because you have to be ready to receive the answer when it comes and put into practice. I didn't put it into practice. So I lost another $35,000 after that conversation with her after I had already spent almost $65,000 at that moment. And about four and a half months later, because well, I'd already paid for a three-day conference with her that was like 300 and some of us, right? Like, so another group experience. Um, in that three-day conference, I had every epiphany that you can possibly have. And it wasn't because of necessarily what she was saying or whatever. It was the energy in the room, the collective of the, the brilliance of the minds that were in there and me feeling like I had a safe space to be honest with myself. And it was in that moment, which was roughly about six months into my business, into this failing, flailing situation that I had created and I caused out of my ignorance and my attempt to rush into something instead of doing it in a more methodical, you know, planned and programmed way. It was in that moment that I had my come to Jesus moment, if you will, and realized that I was the problem, that I needed to get out of the way because all of my academic self wasn't going to help me here. It Not if it wasn't aligned with what was spiritually centered in me and grounded. And I had to hear my heart. And my heart was saying, you don't like any of this anyway. But you're feeling like because the books say you can make X amount of dollars you know, per week, per month, but this is how you should do it. So when I broke free from that, I had to heal and my marriage had to heal. Right. And my pockets had to heal because it, it took some time for us to rebound from that. We were completely bootstrapped. We didn't have loans or anything like we when I say we did it the wrong way, we did it the wrong way. So I had a lot. We had about three years of trying to clean up from that. Um, and in that time, I attracted a lot of vultures, too. You know, people who came in that should have been clients that wanted to come in as friends. And I was so desperate to find someone non-judgmental, like I, that was the energy that I was putting out there because I was judging myself that I was allowing people in that should have never entered into my space. They couldn't even hold my glass to this day, like in this moment. And I say that with love and confidence, not arrogance, but I allowed them in because I just wanted it so bad. I wanted to feel like there was someone else that wouldn't judge me, especially if they rocked the hat of entrepreneur or business yes. owner too. Um, so I had a, a lot of mistakes that literally grew me up really, really, really fast. Um, I know that wasn't a sweet like step one, step two and three, but that that's my truth. Listen, it's powerful. It's powerful. Um, and I have even seen myself. So it's so funny that you mentioned like what not to do. Well, that's what I did. Too. <laughs> I just left and was like, I'm out. Like I had no backup plan, nothing, no job lined up, nothing. Didn't know what I was going to do. Didn't know what I was doing. I was just following my gut. Yes. You know, but I will have to say, you know, I really appreciate you sharing that and giving the real, like the real deal. You, I, and, and this is what I, when we had our conversation too, you can't do this entrepreneurial journey alone. You just can't. Like you have to learn from someone. You have, someone's going to have to guide you along the way. And I think also one of the key things that you talk about a lot in your branding is permission to pause, permission to pause, permission to pause, permission to pause. That was the first time I ever heard someone say that to me. And I would say that 
in those times where you're giving yourself permission to pause, you were the first person that taught me about boundaries mm. and you, and you give yourself some boundaries. You cut yourself off from these things that are constantly pulling at you. That's where you get the clarity. That's right. That's, That's right. where you get the clarity. That's yeah. when you know that you're tripping. Like, cause I remember I had like a, a conversation with a, um, a coach, uh, just like a consulting call. Mm-hmm. And she told me, she told me, um, stop everything, Jasmine. Just stop it all. It's not working. I don't know what's going on with your website. I don't know why you have this, why you have all these pictures up here. <laughs> it's so true, though. She told me that. I was like, what? Exactly. Who's she talking to? She's mm-hmm. a little too, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe she don't really understand me. Maybe I'm not articulating right. Well, guess what? A couple of months later, I, I stopped everything. Like, she was right. Exactly. Permission she to slow right. down and speed up, right? Like, yes. that's exactly what you needed. And it, it, it only comes with that reflection of, see, that moment when you can literally say, see, that that was the change that I needed. But when you're in it, you're like, you lost your mind. This, this busy, this productivity, this moving, 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 moving space that I'm in, it's all you know, because you're flailing. You're like in the, the middle of the ocean trying to catch your breath because you got a cramp in your side. So all you know to do instead of just sit still and float, which is what you should do, right? Like just float for a second, like catch your breath, get your energy together, whatever. And you just start flailing all over the place. And that's just making it, you're making a lot of splashes, but you ain't going nowhere. And if anything, you're getting sucked further out from doing it. But we only know when we finally do it. And that was exactly what you had. You was like, wait a minute, this ain't working. Hold on. <laughs> no, and you and you find too that in the if you don't handle some of those I, I hate to call them like demons, but I just feel like they really, if you don't handle that, like I know that I've made business decisions and partnerships because I didn't feel like I was worth enough. Yes. Yes. Like, and I was fully capable. I was like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. Like, why did I do this mm-hmm. when I don't really need this additional stress when I could have done it on my own or I've kind of done this, I could have done, you know, whatever. And it's, I really feel, honestly feel that the foundation to any success for any business starts with first fixing your stank. Yes. Fixing your funk. Fixing everything that's got that's going on with you personally first, because it's going to manifest itself in your business. It does. Your business, your friendships, your sistership, brothership, you know, whatever it is that you have going on. And it definitely shows up in your, your personal, like intimate relationship. And speaking for myself and the tens of thousands of clients that I've helped, there's no way that you can be a beast in business when you got all this stuff going on at the level that you're capable of. Like, so you and you and I have talked about this too. Like, are you know, our C game, because I can speak for myself with that. My C definitely looked like somebody else's A plus because my capacity is A plus, 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 plus. But I know I'm not fulfilled because I only gave you C. I gave you C level and you accepted it as amazing, but that's not what it was. So you're walking around like, oh, Nikita, she and Nikita sitting here like, God damn, like what? I just messed that up. I didn't flubbed and I forgot this. And I'm thinking about all the things that I didn't give or add, you know, the value that I'm capable of. And a lot of us, especially as ambitious women um, and those few brave men that are out there as well, a lot of us don't appreciate what's good that's happened in our lives because we know we didn't give the greatest part of us. 
we know that we were working at like 60 or 70 percent of our capability. And that's part of why we feel so humdrum. So then when we get home and we finally convince ourselves to get out of the car in the driveway because we're trying to talk ourselves into going into the door for whatever's on the other side of that, because somebody isn't waiting on the other side because we haven't made room for love and relationship or whatever, or because someone is waiting on the other side and we know we attracted something that wasn't worthy of us, but we attracted it at a time when we convinced ourselves that the C game was the A game. And we know daggone well it wasn't. And so we expect, we accepted their D. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not, and I mean that in every way that you can think of. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Like every way. But that wasn't worth it. So... I'm sorry. I'm just, you know, I'm just talking. I'm just talking. You got me clapping over here. I'm like, I'm forgetting I'm doing a podcast. I'm clapping. You know, that black clap when yeah. everything's like mad funny. And real. And real. Horrible. I'm a horrible person sometimes. But I mean, it's a conversation like, and that was one of the things you were my first coach. You were the one that helped me to appreciate. Like, I just had a really hard time navigating my own identity. At that point, I didn't know. And it was still wrapped up in everything my kids was doing and everything my husband wanted. Like just recently, he said something to me that a few years ago would have triggered me. Like Mm. it would have, I would have went berserk. Mm -hmm. Like, how dare you? I'm like, and my, and when he said whatever he said to me, I said, well, you know what? That's your opinion. Yep. And I was like, growth. (laughs) (laughs) That is growth. Wow. Yes. That's your opinion. You don't understand. Exactly. When you catch yourself in a way that you like, wow, you know, five years ago, two years ago, six months ago, I would have went to jail over that. <laughs> I know I would have. I know me. I know the old me would have went to jail. I, I'm growing. And did I get, I give praise. I'm like, thank you. Just yes. thank you. I appreciate that. I didn't allow that moment, that comment or that inaction, because that could be it too, right? Like when you yeah. know that they need to do something to knock me off my square. Because once I get knocked off, I'm fighting to get back on and I'm fighting any and everybody that's in my way, including perhaps the people that love me, but just might've had a bad moment. You know, like you love your husband. He was just having a moment. It was all right. You ain't had to cuddle. Yeah. And thank <laughs> God you didn't, you know? Listen. Yes, but I men do I appreciate that growth and get into a place where you fully understand who you are and then what your mission in life is, like your purpose. Amen. You know, not everybody's supposed to understand that, mm-hmm. you know? All right. So here's my last question to you. Um, what advice would you give yourself the very first week, the very first month of owning your business? One word of advice. And is this when I was decided to do it the right way or is this just period? When you, period, when you first Ooh. started, what would you tell yourself? It could be a phrase. <laughs> I, I was literally thinking one word. I honestly, to do it all over again, my one word would have been filter. I did not have a filter in place or processes, processes, however you say, you know, the appropriate phrase um, for people. Right. Like a new entrepreneur, people see, oh, she must got some money for her business. Uh, So you need insurance. You need it. Right. They're just coming at you with what can you add to their pocket? And if it's not financially, they want to get in your pocket, your network pocket. And you just need to have a filter in place. Because there are some people that are so amazing and you guys have to grow together and get to know each other. So they'll be worth it once you have that reciprocity, which probably be my second word. 
filter and reciprocity. But I should have had a filter in place to be able to decipher who were the wolves looking at me as a, a bleeding bunny, for lack of a better, versus who were just being honest about their agenda. And I had, can do nothing but respect that and help them see that I can help them more if they also helped me along the way. And just having, you know, being able to have that confident conversation with them along the way. So I would definitely say filter. I love that. Mm. All right. Please let the listeners know how to contact you and where to find your book. Yeah, perfect. So Instagram is my favorite social media platform. So Ask Nikita, and I'm Ask Nikita everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, all of it. But Ask Nikita on Instagram is the best place to come and just, you know, fan follow and inter- interact. Uh, Thigpro.com, T-H-I-G pro.com is our website. And you can find my book, <clears throat> praise God, everywhere. <laughs> Books are found. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, BAM, IndieBomb, you name it. We are 40,000 places and growing. So Amazon seems to be people's favorite, but we are everywhere. Selfish, permission to pause, live, love, and laugh your way to joy by Nikita Thickpen. Yes. And tell them about your podcast too. Yes. Balance Boldly. It is literally about moving from that space of survival into a place where you can thrive in work life and in love. Balance Boldly is also available everywhere podcasts can be found. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It's always so good talking with you. Thank you. This was awesome. Thanks for tuning into the show. Dive in deeper by visiting the show notes for this episode or listening to more episodes on jasminehaley.com. If you found value in the show, share with a friend or leave us a review. I'll see you next time.